Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I'm a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Come take this journey with me. Excuses are over. It's time to live. We are not built as human beings to be this myopic and this one-dimensional and have the only part of us be business. We're just not. I will get up in the morning and journal about the things that I'm trying to create in my life. Once I get that journal out of me, those ideas come to me and I put those ideas in action. I see what is missing in the world right now with entrepreneurs who are crushing it in business. We all know the guy that tells you to go crush it, crush it, crush it, okay? I love that guy too, but that guy needs to take a vacation. Okay, before we jump into this interview, I want to invite you to be considered for my 2019 Traveling Mastermind. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com and fill out the application and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a great fit. This year we'll be in Boston doing lots of cool things like training with Tom Brady's trainer, Alex Guerrero. In the middle of the year, we'll be heading to Monaco doing things like vintage car rides through the French Riviera. And then we're going to wrap the year in Florence, Italy, doing things like truffle hunting and hot air ballooning over Florence. Look, Life is all about fulfillment, and I really try and walk the walk. So if you are looking to be part of our tribe of 28 high-achieving entrepreneurs that are in the six- and seven-figure range, fill out your application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com to be considered. So think of the mastermind as having two parts. The first is the trip itself. And the second part is what goes on over the four days within the mastermind. Our group of 28 entrepreneurs will help you brainstorm and accelerate what you want to achieve in 2019. And we'll do that through a variety of different exercises, brainstorming activities, breakout sessions, goal setting sessions, you know the drill. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. This episode is going to be a departure from what I normally do. A lot of people have been asking me about my mastermind. I just got interviewed by a buddy of mine named Chris Harder, who has a podcast called For the Love of Money. And I think I can do a much better job of having him ask me questions about my mastermind. So listen in and let me know what you think about it. Rob, one of my best friends in the world. I am so excited you're on. Listen, man, what is better than being able to do this here in this gorgeous new podcasting studio you created? And it is an honor that you asked me to be on the show. Hey, you know what? Thank you for being on this podcast room. I would like to say it was my idea. It was Lori's. She hired the decorator, but it's kind of inspiring, isn't it? Well, dude, she crushed it because I feel like I am on Larry King right Ooh, now. Wait, wait, wait. You don't know this. So look around like that corner over there and stuff. Yeah. Do you know where all this inspiration came from? No. When we were in Greece with you in Mykonos, this is all like Greek decor. Lori 
took pictures, showed it to the decorator, and she's like, I want my podcast room to look like this. Well, she accomplished it because it, this wooden desk absolutely feels like I am in the most high-end, beautiful Greek island. So you did it. It's beautiful. You know what's funny is... This show is going to be about balance and how you travel the world despite being a seven-figure entrepreneur and having two children and a family and you know everything that people would like to do but they think is not possible. That's what it's going to be about. And so it's ironic that we're starting with talking about how here I am in my podcast studio that was redecorated because it was inspired by an experience that we had with you. And so before we get to rapid fire, because that's how I start all these shows, we just got off on a tangent. Before I get to rapid fire... I just want to say thank you because even our podcast room where we're sitting here, you know, trying to do the do day in and day out wouldn't be the same without you leading by example in life and balance and experience. Oh man, you know, look, if anybody's going to thank anybody, it's going to be me thanking you. We don't have to get into all of that right now, but you have been such an amazing inspiration for me, my podcast, my family, um, and so many things that I've got going on this year would not have happened if it wasn't for you and Lori. So thank you. Okay. So we like each other. No, not each other. <laughs> all right. Rapid fire, my friend. And here's right. why I do this. It's a fun way for my listeners to get to know you in a hurry. And if there's something really cool that comes up, we'll just do a deep dive. We'll circle back. Let's do it. All right. Start easy. Where'd you grow up? Queens, New York. Where do you live now? Atlanta, Georgia. And what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote, excuses are over. It's time to live. Mm. What is one of your superpowers? I would say my, my ability to connect with people that most people couldn't connect with. I would agree. I'm actually going to circle back around to that one. What is one of your favorite books? Most influential is Four Hour Workweek. Oh, yeah, totally. I can see that about you. Yeah. What is one thing you're afraid of right now? Uh, the loss of a member of my family. Mm. Who is someone who has changed your life? You and Darren. I'm going to have to give two people. It's my two best friends, you and Darren White. Mm, I love that. Uh, what is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Uh, being a dad. I hear that a lot on here, actually. That must be a clue for me. <laughs> or a mom. One regret that you have. Not doing the things I wanted to do sooner. Mm. And last but not least, what is something generous that you have done recently? Um, we have funded a heart surgery for a baby who couldn't afford it. I love that. Let's start there. Normally, I'm like, oh, tell me your story or blah, blah, blah. Let's start right there. Yep. When good people make good money, they do great things. Yep. You funded a heart surgery for a freaking baby. We did. That is the ultimate example. Tell me about that. Well, if people want to learn more about this, you can listen to uh, my podcast where I interviewed the lady all about this, the doctor. Uh, her name is Emily Farkas. So you can search that on the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. Um, but basically what she does is she's a doctor that's right here in Los Angeles who um, decided that she wanted to do more with her life. And she had this beautiful skill of being able to work with babies that um, had heart issues. And there are countries that these babies will die if they don't get 
uh, heart surgeries that are done um, very uh, commonly here in the States. So she does two weeks here in L.A., and actually, she does six weeks here in L.A. and then flies out to Kenya, Nepal, places like that. And she does two weeks of uh, surgeries. They're all lined up. And I knew I had to do this when um, she told me that when she goes out there, she's got a certain amount of money from donations. And she has to pick and choose which babies are going to live and which babies are going to die. Oh. <laughs> and... Um, when I knew that that was the case and I said, are they dying of major things? She said, no, they're, they're dying of things that we do routinely here in the States. And so we, uh, my wife and I, Kim knew that we had to do this and, um, we funded our first heart surgery. So how does that continue to drive you? Um, because once you do it one time, the feeling that you get from it, you want to do it more and more and more. And so you start looking at business through that lens and say, well, if I make X amount of dollars, I can give X amount of money and fund even more heart surgery. So that's what drives us. So we'll go down that road a little bit later. You know, when good people make good money, they do great things. That's one great example to open the show with. But what I do want to ask you about is something that I've been envious of for so long. And this is the main reason I wanted to have you on the show. And that is just like your podcast, Work Hard, Play Hard. You do that better than anybody else. And I don't quite know how you do it. So just to paint the picture, every summer you go live in greece with your family for like what a month mm-hmm. how, yeah, many, for, how many years you've been doing that uh this will be our 10th year in greece and you're always in places like south africa what was that this past november or whatever it was you're yeah. always like it doesn't matter where you're, you're all over the freaking world at the same time as having a multi-million dollar uh chiropractic practice yep at the same time as having this brand this work hard play hard brand and trying to share how you do this with other people like how the hell do you do this all well, you know, I struggled with it for years. I, I spent a lot of years in my early 30s um, working, working, working and not taking any trips. And then I swung the pendulum, went the other way in my 40s. And I just traveled, traveled, traveled and watched my business go down. And so in my 50s, I tried to figure out how to do both because I realized that um, focusing exclusively entrepreneur, on, on entrepreneurship and focusing exclusively on playing you either have no money or you have a bunch of money, but no fun. So I found out how to do both. And, um, you know, we just put that together and we decided how we were going to make it happen. And we created systems. So our business runs on systems and it allows us to take the time off. So we don't physically have to be there. Okay. We're going to get deeper than I created some systems. Okay. So you have a family, you have two children. Yep. Uh, one is in college. Yep. I have a 20 year old and a three year old. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, talk about the both ends of the spectrum, right? The expense of college and, and raising a three year old. Yeah. Um, obviously you have to be a, a great engaged husband. You've got your business, you've got all of this going on. Somebody who can see themselves in a similar life as yours, what I just described. And they're like, I can barely put it all together and keep my business going. What is their first step to help them see the, some light at the end of the tunnel? 
decide what it is that you want. I think if you don't take the take the time to craft exactly what it is that you're after, you're never going to get it. So it's never going to be easy, but you are so much more than your business. So I think you have to decide what are the areas of your life that you want to improve. If the area that you want to improve improve is your relationship, then you got to create a plan for it. If the area is your business, then you got to create a plan for that. So my wife and I, Kim, sat down and said, what are the things that light us up? In our case, it's travel. So we decided, okay, look, we want to be gone eight to 12 weeks a year. What does that look like? And we had to reverse engineer how to be gone for that many weeks. So make the decision, like sit down, really get conscious about it. Don't be afraid to think outside the box and then work backwards, lay that set of tracks down. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Because if you don't put it in the schedule, then you're not going to do it. So we, we decide, okay, so we know that we're going to be in Greece for the month of June. We know that we're going to be in South Africa for three weeks at Christmas. Like we're planning now, we were talking about this earlier today, we're planning now uh, in January to do uh, Carnival in, um, in, uh, in Venice, in Italy. Um, so it's at the end of January, beginning of February, I believe. So we're putting that together. So I guess the answer to the question is if you don't put the big pieces in the calendar, then they're just not going to happen. And even if you put them in the calendar, but you don't have airline reservations, we believe that if you don't have air, you're not going. <laughs> that's why you always hound us when we say we're going on a trip like have you booked your area and I'm the guy that like books everything last minute so I'm like dude get off of me why do you keep caring if I book my air that's our that's our philosophy if you have air you're coming if you don't have air you're not oh my god that's funny okay so I want to help free some people up because they're hearing this like okay great plan dude but my I'm different like you don't understand my obstacles yeah and I'm sure everybody's saying the same thing but you have just as many obstacles as they do, don't you? Yeah. Well, okay. Look, I've got a um, I've got a, a, a full time uh, chiropractic office that I run. I've got a uh, a nineteen year old. She's now twenty. Who's out? Who went to college? But you know, she was there. Um, a three year old, a wife, and um, you know, a hectic life like a hectic life like everybody else. But if you don't take the time to craft, I do. There, there's a there's a belief that I have, and the belief is that. Um, clarity precedes momentum. So I spend a lot of time getting really clear on what it is that I want. So I will get up in the morning and journal about, you know, the things that I'm trying to create in my life. Once I get that journal out of me, I call it revelation time because I kind of believe that I'm getting a download from the universe. Those ideas come to me and I put those ideas in action. So you taught Lori and I something that I use all the time now, and it's really helped free, uh, free us up in order to be able to try ideas on for size and make things like this possible. And that's called stupid idea time. Mm-hmm. Would you mind if we kind of shared that hack with the world? Yeah. Stupid idea time is uh, an idea that we got. Uh, we were watching a, uh, a television show one night and they were, uh, it was a secretary of state show and they were trying to figure out this problem. They couldn't figure it out. And one of the uh, girls looked at the, uh, looked at uh, the secretary of state and she goes, stupid idea time. And she goes, anything, whatever you got. And so she gave her this idea and I was like, wow, that's a great thing because it allows you to think outside of the box. So my wife and I will sit down when we're trying to come up with something and we're like, you know, you know, I don't know how to do this. I'm not sure where to go. Like, the, okay, so this is a good example. This is how Venice came up. We were sitting down where, uh, yeah, Venice, we were sitting down, we're trying to come up with an idea of like, where should we go in January? And we're like, stupid idea times? Like, yeah. 
Well, what if we did Carnival where we got all dressed up and we went on the gondolas and we brought our friends and we did that in Venice? How about that idea? And that's how, it, that's how we roll with it. So whenever we need permission to come up with something a little out of the box, we call it stupid idea time. I love it. I'm serious. People try this. Like it has freed Lori and I up to come up with some of our best ideas ever. Cause really it's permission to not get made fun of for your idea. <laughs> I'm, exactly, I'm dead serious. Exactly like, so right. then everything that you would have filtered before you just put out on the table and you're like, okay, stupid idea time. And it's like this freedom to come up with some of the best ideas ever. Yeah. It's, it's out of the, it's out of the box thinking it's blue sky thinking. And so here's why I brought up stupid idea time. For anyone who's sitting there saying, oh, this guy has a lot of money. I don't have the money to do this. This guy has, you know, his systems in place. I don't have systems. This guy, when, if you're making any excuses, just try stupid idea time on how you could make this life of balance and travel or experience or whatever it is that you're missing and seeking, how you could make it work. Because stupid idea time just might be how you end up making this happen. Yeah, super simple, super easy hack. It's just a it's just it's just a reframe that allows blue sky thinking and allows you guys to come up with new ideas. So this show is obviously for entrepreneurs and it's for people that are trying to, you know, expand their money mindset and they're trying to do, you know, make more money than they did last year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you interview a lot of very, very successful entrepreneurs. And when you ask them about work, I've noticed they light right up. I mean, they just, you can't, you can't shut them up. But when you ask them about where they find their play, about how they feed their soul, about how they find balance, what do you find? What do you experience? This was the most unexpected outcome that I ever thought when I came up with the idea for a work hard, play hard podcast. I was like, this is going to be the coolest idea in the world. What we'll do is we'll talk about work and then we'll split the show in half. And then the other half of the show, we'll talk about play. And so I get these high end entrepreneurs, people that are making $50 million, $100 million, crazy high level people. And we're having this engaging conversation about business and ideas. And then all of a sudden, say, okay, we're going to switch gears. Now we're going to talk about play. What are some things that you're doing in your life that really light you up? And crickets ensues. And I'll go to the next question and the next question. And what I learned after doing, I guess now about 50 or 60 of these interviews is these high level, hard charging type A personality type entrepreneurs are way the hell out of balance. They are focused so much on their business. They dominate in their business. But when we get into areas of relationship or health or spirituality or, or just, you know, anything outside of business, they are not where I would have expected they would be. I mean, listen, Lori and I are the perfect example. Had you asked Lori and I that question on your podcast, you know, all right, tell me about what feeds your soul. Tell me about where you, where you fit in the play. Tell me about, you know, the less great, whatever that you did. Without your influence, we would not have been able to answer a question about play. Not a good one anyways, right? We talk about our nightly dog walks or, you know, something like that or how we, you know, when we travel for business, we try to have a day or two of fun. But let's be honest, that's bullshit. Like, it's not bullshit from that it's not true. It's bullshit from that's not true, soul-filling, huge interrupters of play. And so without your influence, we wouldn't be going back to Greece again this summer. Matter of fact, we made the pact that we're going every single summer. And matter of fact, Lori and I are taking the entire month of July in Europe. And then I'm going to buy a damn motorhome for August. We're going to travel around the country here. Here's why I bring this up. Without your influence, we wouldn't be doing that. And we'd have no good answers for how are we playing. 
and we would be suffering. So tell me about the importance of tribe having an influence on your level of play. Yeah, I mean, without having the, first of all, your play is not as fun without the tribe. So we've got, we got a great group going this year using the example that you just talked about with, with Greece. I mean, we've got some people that are going with us and the great part about this is we're not going to be talking about business. We're going to be living our life and, you know, um, doing shots of ouzo on the in the Greek islands and breaking plates as we did last year at two o'clock in the morning. And what really lights me up is, you know, we had a we had a friend that came and you know before she went she was like, um, you know, I just want to make sure that I eat clean and I don't want to be up partying too late. And I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll make some accommodations. I mean, sure as shit, you know, the, the, probably the second or third night, she's standing on the table, cracking plates, doing shots of ouzo and eating Greek donuts. And I went, okay, well, there goes, there goes that type A, you know, overachiever. I mean, that's it. That's it. And, and so that's why we do it because I know that these things, I see it happen. You know, the first day they come in and they're all wound up tight and they're uncomfortable by the third day the part of their soul is is you just there the light in their eye and the excitement that they have there's nothing that makes me happier okay so that is the example that i'm looking for that leads me to my next question is like we go there thinking oh well if for me to recharge you know i can't play too much or i gotta stay within my comfort zone and you get there and it's like all bets and sometimes all clothes are off right so (laughs) so why then is it so important no let me let me change it why is it so imperative that we make time for play when we're so damn driven and successful. We are, we are not built as human beings to be this myopic and this one dimensional and, and have the only part of us be business. We're just not. That is not how God created us. That is not why we have these things that are inside of us that light up when we're put in these environments. Number one. Number two, we are not promised tomorrow. How many people do we know who are no longer here now? And would we would do anything to have them back to have these moments with them? And you know, the old adage of, I wish I spent more time, nobody ever says on their deathbed, I wish I spent more time at the office. Well, you know, I just heard a great podcast the other day with Jesse Itzler, we were talking about this earlier, and he said, you know, I got 28 summers left. And, you know, uh, Rich Roll, who was interviewing him, said, what do you mean you got 28 summers left? He said, well, you know, I'm in my 50s now. And the average person lives to 78. So that gives me roughly, you know, 28 summers. And so when you look at things in how much time you have left, and not only that, of those 28 summers, the last five of them, typically, unless you're in great shape, are not going to be your best summers. So we are in our best summers right now. We've got to live it. So give me another example of a hard driving entrepreneur that you've had a major influence on in order to get them to play more and how has it affected their business? So, you know, I think the I, I think the best example for that question is I've got a uh, a friend. His name is uh, Darren White. He's the first interview that I've uh, that I did on my podcast. It was one of my favorite interviews. In fact, um, we did the interview together in Cape Town, South Africa. I wanted to make it special, and he has always said to me, "I would not be where I am today." 
me and my wife, Tony, would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the time that we've spent traveling the world. Now, I've probably done 20 or 30 countries with him. And, um, you know, while I can't prove this, his company now is worth $80 million and he's living um, the life of, uh, you know, the life of his dreams. And now not only is his company worth, you know, $80 million, but now he's expanding the company internationally because he's, he's been exposed to so many different things. He's, he's expanding the company into Vietnam now. So, you know, there's, there's lots of examples like that. Don't be modest. I listened to that episode. I, I know Darren very well. He's given you partial credit saying this would not be this way without you forcing him to, I think his words were forcing him to travel on a regular basis. Yeah, he's he's always said to me, he said, dude, do you know how many times I almost picked up the phone and said, I can't make this trip? I, ju- I can, we're not going to be able to come. And he said, I, f- I promised myself that I wouldn't do it to you. I wouldn't do it to myself. And I've always come. And as a result of doing that, I have expanded who I am. I mean, let's be honest. When, you know, one of the trips that he was thinking about canceling was to Marrakesh in Morocco. The experiences that we had in the Medina have, has changed his life forever. And that's one of the experiences. That's true for so many of the locations we've been in. And I think, I think what it does is in the same way meditation will increase your capacity. In other words, when you meditate, your mind opens up and you're just a better husband. You're a better father. You're a better leader at work because you've taken the time to meditate. And the same is true for exercise. But it's also true for doing things like travel and getting outside of your comfort zone. You just open up and you become more. I mean, the more you work, you just get wound up tighter and tighter and tighter. You've got to have that relief valve. And if you're going to do what the typical typical American does, which is to take one week or maximum two weeks every year, you know, to some all inclusive and just like, you know, overeat and have a couple of cocktails. That's not that that's that's not expanding who you are. So you are of every human being I know, and I know a lot of damn people, you are the number one cultivator of experience. Like it's your love language. It's what you love doing for people. Uh, The top one I've ever met in my life. And like, guys, it's billionaires month when you go to Mykonos in July and there's all these beach clubs and, you know, based on who you are and who you know, you get the best cabanas front and center and the best service. And when we go with Rob, he gets the front and center cabana and everybody else, like big names you would know, they get the cabanas around ours. Like that shows you the cultivator of experience that he is. So here's why I I paint that picture. One of the special activities that you have cultivated for you and Darren um, and your spouses, of course, is a special envelope activity. Am I allowed to ask about that? Can you describe the envelope activity and its importance? Yeah. So what we do is we every year we sit down at a special restaurant. We're going to do this together with you guys this year. We sit down at a special restaurant and uh, just to paint the picture, this is a restaurant that is sort of in the bluff of a cliff overlooking the Aegean. It has no electricity, no sign, no menu. And there's a man that is there with two or three people and they are cooking the the best food you've ever had in your life. So the experience is kind of magical. 
and we write down what our goal is that we want to accomplish by this time the following year. We all write it down. Then we seal it in an envelope and my wife holds the envelope. And then next year we go back 365 days later to the same restaurant and we open the envelope. And obviously nobody can see what's written on there. Um, And we go back and we see how close we were to achieving it. And miracles happen. I mean, miracles. We're talking, you know, if we look through the envelopes to continue using Darren as an example, if we look through the envelopes, you know, it, it started with, I'm going to start this company to, it's going to be worth 30 million to 50 million to 60 million to now. I don't know. I don't know what his goal is going to be. Actually, I do know what it's going to be. I think he's going to move into the billions. I think that's his next goal. So that's what the, um, that's what that ritual is. So imagine having those type of rituals in your life. Like imagine having somebody cultivate those experiences in your life. And we've said for years, like, this is your calling. You got to do this. And you've said it about yourself. You're like, this is what makes me happy is doing this for people. And um, you're finally doing something about it. You are actually creating a different kind. First of all, am I allowed to talk about this? Is or is it premature? Well, now that you brought it up, I haven't actually shared it with anybody. But yeah, go like, ahead. Why like not? Literally nobody. No, no. Other than you, no. Uh-uh. Oh, shit. Should I go forward? Do it. Okay. You sure? Yep. Go ahead. Okay. You're creating a different kind of mastermind. Yeah. Now I, I feel know. awkward talking about it. No, no, no. It's okay. Fine. It's, it's fine. So it's you're fine. creating. I am creating a completely different mastermind. Masterminds are very hot right now. And the reason why they're hot is because they work. Masterminds, when you put people together um, and you have a high level of accountability, you just get amazing results. But for me, there are there are things that are that are on my heart and there are things that I've experienced that is just a different type of masterminds. And I see what is missing in the world right now with entrepreneurs who are crushing it in business. We all know the guy that tells you to go crush it, crush it, crush it, okay? I love that guy too. But that guy needs to take a vacation. (laughs) He's gotta take a break. He's got to experience other things. And so I wanna create, I will create, I am creating a mastermind that is something completely different that's never been done before, that is gonna take people and not only discuss business, but it's also gonna create experiences for them that they would have, that they would likely never take the time to do for themselves, and I'm gonna do it all for them. All they need to do is show up and be willing to participate. I mean, here's why this is important. People like Lori and I, who will never stop to plan these, who will never do them unless somebody shakes us by the shoulders and says, this is available and you need it like a slap across the face. This is available and you need it. Wake up, Mr. or Mrs. Entrepreneur. You're wasting your life and what are you piling up the money for? So here's the interesting thing about this. The interesting thing is what happens is because I've kind of been doing this for the last 10 years, I just haven't been doing it in in a formal way. But what happens is you look at what's happening now. Like we're going to Mykonos this year, right? Mm -hmm. So it started, you guys came and now we've got, I think there's 10 of us mm-hmm. that are now coming along. And so All super high level, super high level people. Lori and I might be the brokest. <laughs> okay. So what, what's happening is you start creating this tribe of people and then the conversation 
goes way beyond just business and it goes into more experiences. Hey, I'd love to go hang gliding in Rio. I'd love to go to, we were talking about Venice earlier. I'd love to go to a Tuscan villa and do wine tasting. And so you start up leveling not only the tribe, but the experiences that you have with the tribe. Mm, God, I can't wait for this. So obviously, Lori and I are in. Who's the perfect candidate for this entirely different type of mastermind? And I just want to be clear. This is still pure business people going. This is still like pure top, top, top performers going. This is just different than sitting in a boardroom, like the kind that I cultivate, where we have a great dinner at night and I bring in people to teach. This is cultivating the freaking break and the experience and the growth that you need in life through doing. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is for people that... Um, are hard-driving entrepreneurs that recognize if they take the time to really check in with themselves, they recognize that there are areas of their life outside of business that are not being addressed and they are telling themselves, when I have X, then I'll take the time to travel. Then I'll take the time to you know see Paris or whatever. These are people who certainly have the means to go out and do something exciting, but they're just not doing it. So define these people for me. Obviously entrepreneurs, obviously people are working too much. Are they six-figure entrepreneurs? Are they seven-figure entrepreneurs? Like who should consider this? Six-figure entrepreneurs that are working towards seven is the sweet spot. Because that's where you start to get trapped, isn't it? Yeah. So right between right between right when you hit six figures on your way to seven, that's where you start bumping your head. And let me tell you something: if you're at six figures and you're hanging out with people that are between six and seven figures, do you think that spending you know my 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 summers with people that are doing you know forty million dollars a year up levels my game? Of course mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, it totally does. So. Give us a couple more tastes of what you're planning for the first year worth of mastermind. And I know you don't have it nailed down, but like what kind of experience is it that we're going to have that's going to give us breakthroughs? Well, you know, right now um, we're playing around with different locations. There'll be um, likely uh, one or two of them domestically. So it might be something like Malibu, Aspen, and there'll be something uh, that'll be internationally. And I don't want to give away too much right now because I want it to be unique for the person that's attending. I, you know, um, I want them to be surprised and open to new things, but an example could be that we'll do one in Tuscany and we'll do wine tasting. We'll have somebody come in and explain wine. We'll do olive oil tasting. We'll do, um, lots of different activities. I'm hesitant to give too much away, but that's a little taste. That's okay. But here's a direct question. When that's all said and done, how does that help your business and your your revenue? Like I said earlier, if you take the time to expand your capacity, it's two things. One is taking the time to just, have you ever noticed that if you take a vacation, when you come back on a vacation, that if you really truly rested, you come back raring to go and explode your business. Well, when you do something that is so out of your box and so different, you come back so inspired with new ideas. Once you change your physical environment, you come back refreshed with new ways of thinking. I promise you, after spending um, a week in 
uh, in Tuscany with some high level influencers, I promise you, you're going to come back a different person. So I already kind of ruined it by, first of all, talking about it on the podcast. Here's the good news. This podcast won't come out for about four weeks. So here's the next thing. In four weeks, are you going to have a, a spot for someone to go check this out? Or can you have a spot? Like, is it up yet? Is, I know it's not public. I know it's not like on a website somewhere. Yes, you can go to workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash masterminds. That's where it's going to be. Workhardplayhardpodcast.com forward slash masterminds. And we'll put a link in. That's where it's going to be. But listen, if we put a link in the show notes, that means you actually have to have that page like up and the information there and everything in the next four weeks. Can you I, do that? I will get to work on that this week. Guys, that's, that's real entrepreneurship right there. Your friend screws up your plan. Your friend tells the world about it before you get to do a special launch. And then you have to spend your time like trying to do a splash page and launch page and, and all that stuff in, you know, by a deadline. That's real entrepreneurship right there. That's how it works. That's it's right. never pretty. It's just effective. Uh, you know what? You, you have pushed me um, out of the nest many times, and this is just one more on the list. So here's my last question. Well, okay, before I get to the last question, where can we find your podcast that you keep talking about? Yeah, just um, it, wherever you find your podcast, just go to Work Hard, Play Hard, and it'll pop right up. It's like iTunes, yeah, Stitcher, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, yeah, all that stuff. Okay, and where can we follow you? Uh, at Rob Murgatroyd. So it's not Bob Murgatroyd, as I have saved in my phone. He knows I hate. Bob. He hates that name so much. So I saved his name as Bob instead of Rob. And I've got the what about Bob picture that comes up when he calls. It's the best thing ever. True friend. <laughs> All right. Last question. I ask everybody this question. Can't wait to find out what your answer is. And it's this. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of wealth and success? Because there's nothing spiritual about a breadline. Mmm, that's amazing. Everyone gives these long, drawn out, beautiful answers, and you're just like, bam. There's nothing spiritual about a breadline. Oh my God, I love it. My friend, thank you so much for being on. I was looking forward to this. I'm sorry for outing you on your, your project. If it reaches somebody, then it was worth it. But let me just end with this. The most heartfelt, genuine thank you for changing our lives for the better, because without you, we'd be in a cave working and making up false excuses why we needed to work more or make more or do more. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game or their play hard game, it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with them to help me get this movement out there. So if you like what you heard, head on over to iTunes, take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. So until the next episode, excuses are over. It's time to live.